welcome to 15 Minutes in Canberra. I'm Hayley Channer, Senior Policy Fellow with the Perth US Asia Centre. This is a very special episode of 15 Minutes in Canberra because it's the final episode as I am moving on to a new position. But for that reason, I have picked an extremely special guest, Nancy Schneider. The reason I picked Nancy is because she has a connection with the Australian Institute of International Affairs, the AAA, and a connection with the United States. And why that's special to me is because 11 years ago, when I first arrived in Canberra, I was an AIA intern. And the new role that I'm moving into is with the Perth US Asia Centre's sister institute, the US Study Centre. So I'm so grateful that Nancy would um, share her time with me. Let me tell you about her. Nancy is the National Operations Manager for the AIA and the Editor-in-Chief of Australian Outlook, the online publication of the AIA. She also has a Master's in International Relations from ANU and Nancy grew up in Huntington Beach, California and moved to Australia in 2017. Nancy, thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you Hayley for having me. This is a fantastic opportunity. So Nancy, Australia and the United States, uh, they're having OSMIN this week, which is the Australia-US ministerial meeting. And obviously they've had a very strong alliance relationship for the last 70 years, ever since the end of World War II. But 70 years is a really long time for any relationship. Um, how do you think the Australia-US relationship might need to modernise for the future for the 2020s and beyond the 2020s? Look, a lot of the relationship so far has been framed by the military relationship between Australia and the United States. Um, both countries have fought really, really closely together um, in every single major conflict since World War I. Um, both world wars, Vietnam, Korea, the Gulf War, um, ANZUS, the alliance between Australia and the United States was invoked following 9-11. Um, you know, Australia joined the United States in the war on terror following on from that invocation of ANZUS. I remember it was John Howard was actually in the US at the time. Yeah, that was, a, a, what, a, what a time to be in the US. Yeah. I, I mean, I still have the photographic memory of what, where I was when that happened and I was, I think, 11. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, now, now um, with AUKUS, there, there's yet another military framework for cooperation, but I think that really falls short of what the relationship could be. Um, I think... So many people do focus on the defence and military yeah. aspect because people hear US alliance and think AUKUS or they think our military history when actually there's a huge trade relationship and investment relationship. I mean, the people to people and cultural links. You must have seen so much of that being here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that there is so much potential for this relationship, especially on the people to people side um, and on the economic side. Already Australia and the United States are great partners economically. They have very, very similar industries, very similar technology, very similar levels of expertise that are just not being capitalized on to the extent that they could be. Um, another area that I would really love to see the relationship going forward is in the implementation of a First Nations foreign policy. Both Australia and the United States have a very rich indigenous culture that unfortunately has been you know, erased, exploited. I think that both countries have a lot in common in that space, both in their history and in where they can go from here. And I would love to see that as one of the major drivers of the relationship going forward. Why do you think it is the case that so many people in Australia, when they think of the US, they think of military cooperation rather than some of the other aspects of the relationship? Do you think it's just because the media focuses on the bad news and then that's the easiest thing to report? 
Um, I actually think this is a bigger Australian cultural thing. Um, one thing that really struck me when I moved to Australia was just how prominent the military history of Australia is in the national consciousness. You go to any small town in Australia and right there in the middle of the square is the obelisk that's the World War One mm. and or two memorial for that little town. Um, every single Australian has some sort of a connection to that history, a strong interest in that history, and it's just very, very prominent in the Australian consciousness. So, of course, that translates into the relationship with the United States, that the defense relationship, because they were so close in all of the major wars that really make up a lot of Australia's modern history. Mm. Um, It's so funny that you would pick up on that because, yes, I mean, when I go and visit Australian outback towns, you're right, there's a World War II memorial. But it's funny because when I'm in the United States, I think how much the US is focused on the military because it celebrates current serving military personnel. So whenever I'm on a domestic flight, they say, you know, they want to recognize the servicemen and women on the flight. Or when I'm at a baseball game, everyone stands up and salutes um, the military members. Whereas you wouldn't have that happen in Australia. No, it's a really, really funny difference that Australia really creates heroes out of its fallen war, war veterans. Whereas, whereas the United States is really focused on the people who are currently serving. There's, there's a lot of appreciation for the people who fought in wars for the United States in that history, but there's there's you know millions of them at this point. And it's not, it's not necessarily one war that was so emblematic of the country's history, history. like it was for Australia. Yeah. At, least, at least not in living memory at this point. That's a really good um, difference to pick up on and so interesting. Nancy, I want to ask you about AUKUS because that's the latest thing that yeah, there's okay. a huge announcement between Australia, the US and the UK. Obviously, the announcement on AUKUS will happen in March next year, but you were here in Australia when the AUKUS announcement happened, and so you're seeing it from the Australian perspective. Um, I'm wondering too, because you work at AAA and you see a lot of international affairs, um, what do you think is the perception of AUKUS more broadly in the region, but countries in Southeast Asia and you know, the rest of the Indo-Pacific? Do you think they're really going to be supportive or they're really skeptical? Honestly, I've seen a lot of confusion about AUKUS. Um, certainly when we were in Taiwan a few weeks ago, um, you know, Haley, Haley and I were in Taiwan together just a few weeks ago on an AAA study tour. Um, And I met with some people there who were really confused about why Australia and the United States, and honestly the UK, because we often forget the UK part of AUKUS, um, (laughs) why why this was such a big thing, why Australians were so, so invested in this brand new security deal that wasn't going to produce any tangible results in the form of submarines until 2040. That's, you know, way far in the future. yeah, I think they were really skeptical because, at least from Taiwan's perspective, what has already been happening has been working really well, and they would like to see that continue rather than trying to move forward with any new anything, really. Um, mm, anything I think, that might destabilize the status quo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that AUKUS really made clear Australia's alignment with the United States and in, in that um, line of thinking with the... Growing, growing strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific. Australia has taken a clear stance that it is with the United States. It's with the West um, in, in that great power competition. But ultimately, I think AUKUS raised more question than, questions than answers. I mean, 
you know, we're, we're talking a lot about submarines that we're not going to see for decades if mm. we see them at all, given the history with the arrangement with France. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Australia's had a very patchy track record on its submarine deals, and I'm really hoping that this one has a good, strong announcement in March that helps put to bed some of those questions. Uh, we can't have a discussion about the United States without talking about Trump. Yep, of um, course. And I saw that Trump's just re recently announced his bid for the 2024 presidential seat. Um, Nancy, do you think that Trump is likely to come in and win the presidency or a Trump-like candidate might win? How is your uh, feeling in terms of the public opinion in the United States and what might happen? That is a whole lot of questions. Um, <laughs> look, first of all, I have very little confidence in speculating about what might happen in U.S. electoral politics. Um, ever since Trump's first presidency, really, when literally nobody predicted that this was going to happen, um, I think that we've seen this time and time again that, you know, you can have all the polls and all of the data that you can possibly want and election results don't necessarily go the direction that you thought. Um, so I'm not I'm not willing to rule out more Trump or another Trump like candidate. I don't think it's likely. Um, I think that, you know, if you if you take a look at where Americans are at the moment in terms of their thinking about domestic politics, um, foreign policy, security, the economy, they are very much in favor of someone who is looking out for them, who is looking out for social welfare, who is looking out for um, health care, who is not necessarily the, the like radical America first um, kind of person like Trump was, is. Um, but that said, the electoral system in the United States is weird. It is, it's messy, it's, it's not well designed for expressing the exact will of the people, unfortunately. And so there's no way to rule out another Trump-like candidate or Trump himself, really, although, you know, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the Democrats decide to do, whether Joe Biden decides to run again or whether somebody else steps up. Um, but I think, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of Ron DeSantis over the next two years mm. and potentially over the next six to ten. Mm. Nancy, I wanted to ask um, another question, drawing on your expertise as someone mm. who's lived and grew up in America and is now living in Australia, in terms of what does, um, what doesn't Australia know about the United States that it should? And the same for the United States, what should it know about Australia that it doesn't? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll start with the United States because, you know, that that's my people, I suppose. Um, so, you know, <laughs> Americans love Australia and Americans love Australians. Um, there, there was a 2020 poll. I, there may be a more updated one, but the one on Wikipedia is from 2020 um, that says that Australia was the most positively viewed foreign country by Americans. Wow. Yes. That's yeah. pretty good. Americans love Australians. We love an Australian Not accent. Canada's just kind of there. <laughs> it's just north. It's our New Zealand. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, so, you know, Americans love Australia, but they don't know Australia. Like, if you asked an American who's the prime minister or what's the capital, you're, you're going to get answers like a Hemsworth mm. or Sydney. Right. And so then what about the other side? What don't Australians know about America that they really should know? So Australians are super switched on about the United States and its politics. They are very knowledgeable about what's happening in the U.S. Um, 
But I think they overestimate their influence in the relationship, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think Australians see themselves as equal partners to Americans, whereas Americans see Australians as a more fun version of Canada. Right. <laughs> So we should really understand our place in the kind of pecking order of states. Yeah, I I think that's really true. And even even in saying what I just said, um, I think Americans are much more likely to turn to Canada first before Australia, because that's the closest neighbor. That is um, like a strategic relationship, honestly, that is very, very close. Um, And one that Australia just doesn't have the capacity to match Mm. at this point. Australia is very much an important country. It's a very important partner in the relationship, but it needs to understand that it is, it's got a seat at the table. It's not the right-hand man. And it's one of many US allies. Yes. Um, Nancy, my last question for you is a favorite of mine, which is, do you have a funny, weird, or wonderful story that you would like to share publicly? I do. And you know what? I've got one that's even relevant to this conversation. Oh, fantastic. Yep. So, you know, I, I am the editor-in-chief of our online publication. A lot of that has to do with, um, a lot of my role with that has to do with following what's happening in the world, knowing what's about to happen, keeping track of important dates, important history, talking about what's happening in the world. It's fantastic. I love that part of my job. Um, so last year, last September, the Australia, um, the, the ANZUS Alliance turned 70. And so I thought, here's my chance to put together a great special feature. I know how much Australians and, and Americans love each other. Um, I know how much our readers would really appreciate being able to hear about the Alliance over the past 70 years, where it's been, where it could go, all of these great things. So I spent months putting together a special feature. I asked really top experts to write for me. I was planning on publishing a couple of articles a week on the Alliance and really, really excited about this. And then two thirds of the way through the month, August happened and made everything that I hadn't published yet completely irrelevant. Um, and you know, AUKUS was fantastic for the publication. That's you know also good for the Australia <laughs> and the United States. But you know, my purpose is it exactly. was good for everyone. Wanted to talk about it, but you know, I I had all these plans, and they just were all AUKUS shot. ruined them. Yeah, AUKUS you ruined France, all of them. You must have the same feeling. Absolutely, I have. You know what? I I really sympathize with the French. Um, yeah, with, with the French. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, what, what that taught me really was that like, you know, your best laid plans, you can never bank on anything in this field. Uh, international affairs is constantly moving. You can, you can plan ahead, you can think about interesting things to do, but ultimately you have to adapt to what's happening in the world. And, you know, we did luckily. Yeah. That's a really good lesson that you should roll with the punches and use them to your advantage when yep. you can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for being my final guest on 15 Minutes in Canberra. It's been really lovely speaking with you. Thank you so much, Haley, for having me. Um, it's so special to be on your last episode of 15 Minutes in Canberra. I, I'm really honored to be able to be here with you today. Um, and to finish us off, now that you've asked so many people in Canberra and, and in the United States while you were on your Fulbright scholarship about their weird and wonderful stories in, in this space, what's yours? That's very kind of you to ask. Um, I do have a story. I would say it's more embarrassing than weird or wonderful. (laughs) But um, it's one that I tell people who are feeling bad about their own professional mishaps, and it often makes other people feel better. 
So mine is that um, back in 2017, I was a policy advisor on exercise Talisman Sabre, which is the Australia-US military exercise. Oh, also relevant. Yes, exactly. And um, I was nervous. I was deployed over to San Diego to Third Fleet Headquarters, which is a Navy base. And I wanted to make a really good impression on the Australian Commodore who I would be working to during the bilateral exercise. And um, I wanted to make a good first impression and I asked someone in our delegation, you know, oh, what's the name of the Commodore? And they said to me, oh, um, he's Commodore Two Dads. And I looked really confused and I said, Two Dads? And they said, yes, Two Dads. And I was like, well, that's an unusual name. I've never heard it before. But I promptly walked over to the Commodore and said, um, excuse me, are you Commodore Two Dads? And he looked a little affronted, but then he said yes. And I said, hi, I'm Hayley Channer. I'm going to be your policy advisor for the exercise. And I noticed that his name tag said a different name. It was a two-barreled surname. And I was so confused because I was also nervous, but then I walked away and I said to this person on the Australian delegation, his name tag said something different. And they said to me, oh, you didn't say two dads, did you? And I said, yes. And they said, no, 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 it was a joke that they have two dads because they had a hyphenated surname. <laughs> and so I made, you know, a complete idiot of myself on before the exercise had even started. But um, this particular Commodore was so accommodating and kind that he forgave me after I went and apologised profusely. But I think the moral from that story is first, firstly, check your facts because Australians <laughs> are real larrikins and they'll often send you down the wrong path. Um, but also that um, people generally are very kind and good-willed and they'll forgive you if you immediately apologise in a grovelling way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was sort of one of my biggest embarrassments. Um, and so that's my weird, wonderful story. Thank you for asking it because uh, it's nice to end on that note. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, thanks for sharing that, Haley. <laughs> I'm glad you finally have an opportunity to do that. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> <laughs>